Welcome to today's episode of Polyphony. We'll be focusing on the international impact of coronavirus. And we are so thrilled to have with us today a trio of amazing panelists. We have Peter Huang, founder, vocal percussionist, and arranger for the wildly popular Singaporean group My Capella, which was first runner-up in the Sing-Off China and champions of the Moscow Spring Festival in 2017. Peter also sang with the Integration by Parts group while he was at Berkeley College of Music. We are joined also by John Smith, tenor for the five-time Grammy award-winning vocal ensemble, The Swingles, in addition to being former music director for Hyannis Sound and University of Delaware's Vocal Point, and noted arranger, instructor, and recording engineer. And last, but certainly not least, we have Lorenzo Subrizzi, arranger and bass with the Italian group Rebel Bit, an, in- an innovative team of musicians united in the aim of creating a soundscape, combining vocal music and electronic experimentation. And now to our host, Aaron Director. Thanks, Rachel. Hi. Appreciate Hello. it. Hello. John, I'd love to start with you, and, and let's sort of set the stage for the before times, I guess we'll call it. How and when did things start ramping down for you sort of at the beginning of all this? Sure. Actually, we had our last gig, I think, on the last day of February. And after that, I actually went back to the United States to renew my visa. And that's when everything started to hit. We actually were in the middle of doing a few different projects. We were in and out of the studio. And yeah, by the time I got back to the UK, which luckily I did, (laughs) basically by that point, we had decided to put everything on hold. And, you know, we thought it would just be a, a couple of weeks, but here we are. Indeed. Peter, was your experience similar? Was it around that same time frame? How did it happen for you? So Singapore stopped having gigs on a large scale. So Michael Fellows' gigs stopped in February. Individually, we still had our like individual projects. So like when, when that happened for two months after that, we still had small gigs, but limited to bars and pubs. So like 50, 75 people. So all of us started to transit into individual gigs, hoping that the thing will pass soon. So I was still playing guitar, still singing and playing keyboards. And then end of March, it was a sudden halt. And then Singapore went into what we called our circuit breaker, which is a modified version of lockdown. So we could still go out with masks, to do very specific things like see the doctor, like go do groceries, go out for a jog, things like that. But everything else was not allowed. Like you can't go visit your, your mom and dad. Your, your, so, so my son couldn't go visit grandparents, things like that. And after lockdown of two months, there's still no live shows. Like, yeah, up till today. And I don't see that changing anytime soon, to be honest. Lorenzo, what's, what's your experience been in Italy? Yeah, uh, you know, we were the first extra Asian country that closed. And we were in, in the middle of a tour, of an Italian tour. And yeah, we were in, in the center of Italy. And when we come back, I think at the end of February from Tuscany, and the day we, we come back home, Italy closed. Everything in Italy closed. <laughs> and we had, we had three more concerts in, in March, but they were all rescheduled. We don't know when, because for example, for us, we... We are doing a show that works for indoor places. And so, you know, in Italy during the summer, there's lots of events, concerts, but always outdoor. And so we are, we can't do nothing now. Yeah, actually, we have an Italian in our group, Federica, who actually couldn't do that last gig that we had on the last day of February. We actually had to have our former soprano, Sarah, do it because she was in England. Federica had been on tour in Italy doing a different project. uh, And basically, she, she wasn't able to make it back for that gig. So actually, interesting fact, the live virtual gig that we just did Uh, about a week and a half ago, that was the first time that lineup 
with that sound engineer had actually ever performed together. Wow. Are wow. you still having issues of being able to assemble everyone or are some of the cross-border things resolving in your part of the world? It's right now, it's sort of an anxiety we have at the moment. It's still okay for Federica to come to England at the moment, but more and more countries around the UK are being put on a quarantine list. So if you come to the UK, you have to quarantine for two weeks. So we're really just because at the moment we are, we're actually getting together this Saturday for a workshop and still doing distanced, but singing together. And yeah, we're just hoping that Italy doesn't get added to that list. Yeah, for sure. Peter, you mentioned the sort of the ramp down for my capella in terms of big gigs, smaller gigs, and then individual gigs. Where are you now in terms of, are you able to do even rehearsals together or, or other kinds of, are you doing some digital performances? What's my capella up to in this current state? So we have this agency in Singapore called the IMDA. They control all the rules about what the media can and cannot do. So we are now considered a production house because we're producing digital material with video and all that. So we've become a video production company in a way. And we cannot do streaming with more than five unmasked singers in the same location. So we ca- we cannot meet. In, in any case, regardless of, of video production, you can't have five people, uh, more than five people meet. We are a sextet, okay? So th- that's a problem in and of itself. And we've not been in the same room in any way, shape or form for months, okay? Except for the one time that we, we had an exemption to do a TV show. So the TV station had an ex- exemption. Um, so we can only film pre-recorded shows and that can be un- unmasked because we can lip sync. So we're not allowed to sing, and that's the only way to do gigs. And we've pre-recorded some modular shows, and then we've had some clients ask us to do specific recordings and commissions. And that's the only way to do shows now. Yeah, That's life. life. Lorenzo, how about for you with the specific kinds of shows that Rebel Bit puts together? How are you making that work right now, or are you? We are not. We are not making it. But we, we, have, to, we have to create... A, a concert for outdoor without lights. We have a panel with projections and backlight. We we can't use it, but we create a concert, a simple concert, a social distance concert. Yeah, you, you know we are four, so it, it's easy for us. They will be allowed. Yeah, we can work in Singapore. Yeah, <laughs> sounds yeah, like a trip can. is <laughs> is in order. Yeah, but you know the audience have to stay separate, divided, and maybe one person and two seats without the possibility to sit down and then, and so on. And so people are, I think people are scared to, to go to concerts and or to events in general. And they are scared and, and they are poor, so they, they can't pay the tickets. And this is the fact, this is the fact. And, you know, it, well, in Italy, you pay for classical music, for mainstream pop concerts not for the middle earth of groups and it's it's so difficult it's so difficult and organizations have no money anymore to do concerts and they need tickets and so it's a, yeah it's a circle yeah, it is. Peter, are you finding that in terms of audiences where you are as well, that it's even if perhaps you were to do it, that it would be hard to get people to come out for it? Well, right now, the rules don't allow it to begin with. So what the MCCY, our Ministry of Culture, Community and Youth, which includes the arts, is doing is that the new minister is going to pilot some small shows. Uh, and they're going to try out some uh, new protocols. And we have 
been trying to find ways to contact the ministry to say, hey, 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 pick me, pick me, pick me. Pick it's me. like a, it's like a, the price like, is right. I'll, I'll like if you want want to make me stand behind like a like a spit shield with a wireless mic, I'm fine. You know, we have been also talking about using a Freddie Feldman throat microphone. Which is a contact mic and a handheld mic with a mask for for me, so that we fulfill the not more than five persons and unmasked rule. So, mm-hmm. so it'll look funny, but it's been discussed. And if the ministry picks us to do a pilot show, I hope to be able to do something like that to show that things can still happen. I don't know what the demand is, but I think people are in Singapore anyway. People are pent up. We are very pent up. And the most obvious example is if you go to a cinema now in Singapore, the recently reopened with social distancing, all available seats all are available snapped seats up. Very Even wow. though, so limited, whatever limited seats limited, there limited are, seats they're there taken are. up. So for the first time in like over half a year, I went to see Mulan like two hey. days ago. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it's, it's getting better. John, how about hmm. for you in the UK? I mean, you did the virtual concert relatively recently and that seemed to draw well and, and did pretty well, yeah. it seems like. But that's a far cry from being in a venue with people, it seems like. Of course, yeah. I think it was lovely to to sing together again. But of course, we missed that that feeling of, you know, vibing off an audience. I think so much of our show, if you saw the festival, all of the announcements were pre-recorded. Whereas for our show, we did do some live announcements because we just love to riff off of an audience and sort of feel their energy and that changes you know how we act on stage so we definitely miss that i think people especially in london and and in some of the bigger cities people are itching for more there are a few shows happening here and there mostly distance mostly outdoors so hopefully things like that start to pick up but as we move into uh the autumn and i'm sure you all have heard about uk weather that's another thing that we have to to battle against But I think the most interesting thing is that there's recently a study in the UK that proves that actually the spread of vapors is actually no worse in singing than it is in speaking. Obviously, loudness is a factor. So the louder you speak, so for us Americans, I'm sure we uh, produce more vapors. <laughs> but so it's the same thing. But but actually, there's no difference um, between singing or speaking. So I'm really hoping that that study that's come out really helps our case in, in trying to get some shows up and running again. Yeah. Peter was talking about some of the adaptations that Mike Capella is looking at. Is that something that that you've been exploring, John, as well, in terms of shielding or different kinds of ways to arrange things? I mean, you you made it work with just distance in terms of the, the virtual concert. Is that enough, do you feel like, if you get an audience? Or, I mean, how does that scale? Sure. At the moment, we are really just exploring the virtual options. Just in terms of other countries around us have gone into second lockdowns, and actually even some cities in the UK have gone into second lockdown. So it's that kind of thing of, you know, we've already had a whole year of of postponed shows. And do we want to put all the resources behind getting a show together only for that to to then be stopped by by a lockdown? So I think the safest thing for the next couple of months, while the guidelines are what they are, is to go this virtual route. But we've also been exploring the options of, you know, there could be a a halfway house where we do a virtual gig and then also have, you know, maybe a 25% capacity live audience so that we still get that 
that live show feeling. But then people can watch it from anywhere in the world at the same time. So those lucky 25 people or 25%. Lorenzo, as you were talking about adapting your shows to be outdoors, do you, you know, some of that's about adapting the production, right? About some of the, the back, you know, the projection things and some of those sorts of things. Does it affect the pacing of the show, the kind of how you program the show, what kind of rep you do, all that, the musical side of it at all? Well, the music will not change. It's not changing our music. And that's that's the most important thing for us. But the idea of Rebel Beat, for example, was completely different when we, we founded it when we created it. And so we, we wouldn't like to be an a cappella group, but we would like to do a group that make art shows. And we have original monologues in our shows and videos. And, you know, it's an interactive show. And well, for us, th- this situation could be dramatic or a, a good thing, maybe, because we have to, you know, we can use the, the online platforms to explain what we do, maybe. But I'm not so agree with online concerts. I know that I have John, but not because I know that every group, every groups need, need it to to say to the world, I am alive. I'm working, and maybe I need I need your help to to go away and to. But maybe uh, I don't know if this will be the the solution for this situation. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it, it's an option. I have a, I have a question. So yeah. I'm very curious when it comes to say the United States, the United Kingdom and in Italy, whether your respective governments have put in monies or resources or grants or bursaries to arts groups to help you guys continue to function in the pandemic. Lorenzo? You mean in Italy? Yeah, in your respective locations. Oh, oh no, we we didn't have any wow. from, from our our government. Yeah, like like always. I mean. <laughs> Ouch. 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 Now the, the Italian secret agents <laughs> yeah, exactly. and kill me oh. now, but no. Sorry to hear that. For us, singular as as musicians, we we didn't have. I'm a, a freelance composer for for the the Italian uh, government, and I didn't receive nothing. Maybe m- many categories had a few few money, but we no. We are not a category. If I promise that Bojo isn't listening, John, uh, will you give us the straight scoop? What's going on in the UK? Sure. Yeah. So the government did help us as self-employed individuals because we're not actually employed by the Swingles. We own the Swingles. So we're all technically considered self-employed. So we were helped somewhat as individuals. I know that there were definitely arts grants happening. We did not, I'm not sure if we actually qualified for them just because of the sort of company we are. There's lots of different sort of categories and, and hoops you have to jump through there. But the government, the government recently did this eat out to help out scheme in the UK, where Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays for the entire month of August, you could, if you went out to eat on any of those days, you'd get uh, 50% off your meal up to 10 pounds. And this is basically a, a government scheme to sort of just get people out and get the, the sort of economy moving again. So I know what a lot of artists are now saying is, come on, let's get a seat out to help out where, you know, obviously, moving forward, we'll have to start with socially distanced audiences. And you know, maybe the government could help subsidize that and 
in some way. So we're hoping for something like that. I'm not entirely optimistic, but if it does happen, that would be amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. And Peter, to answer your question in the U.S., somewhat similar to, to John, in the U.S., there are sort of loans with forgiveness that are available to businesses in the United States that some groups have applied for and received funds to help support themselves during this period. But it's Nothing alone, targeted to the arts. It's a loan that in theory becomes forgiven. The timeline hasn't happened yet to know whether it will for real be forgiven, <laughs> but that's that's the idea. So, so take the money, but maybe give it back. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird. Oh, yes. Um, well, so just to quickly share about what Singapore has done, self-employed people have gotten nine grand each over nine nice. months which works out to i think seven grand us dollars six and a half ah. grand okay and arts groups can apply for a digitalization fund so you can apply up to two projects to digitalize your show whatever kind of show you have so like dance groups theater groups to turn it into a video that you can then disseminate so we've applied for that twice one is for a live streaming show and one is for so that's that's kind of similar to john in terms of live streaming and then the video digitalization of our assembly shows that's educational shows so that's about 19 grand each so that's been very very helpful but we can only do two projects i don't know if they're going to extend the program but it's better than nothing so that's in lieu of actually having live shows, which in the UK, it seems to be a little bit reopening. And I just figured out who Bojo is. <laughs> like, Bojo? Like, is this a band? It's a pretty good name for a band. Well, the money that you are providing, that we provide you, at least in the value of your time, is certainly going to be repaid. With the information that you get here, we need to take a short break in order to do so. So we'll be back in just a little bit with Peter Huang from My Capella, John Smith from The Swingles, and Lorenzo Subrizzi from Rebel Bit. Stick with us. There is so much more on the other side. You may not know this, but Akaville is a nonprofit. We're a community-supported organization, and the way we keep our lights on and keep the music spinning is largely through memberships and contributions. So I encourage you to be a member of Akaville. Not only will you support everything that we're doing and supporting the community and bringing great music and features to you, but but there are some pretty killer member benefits out there as well. Head on over to Akaville.org, check out the member benefits, because we'd love to have you as a member of the Akaville community. And here is our intrepid leader, Aaron. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah. Lorenzo, I wonder about in Italy if there are additional kind of community effects around, for example, loss of events and festivals, loss of venues, just sort of, you know, that places are, are closing altogether where you might be able to perform once this ends. Are there sort of longer term effects that you're seeing in the area? Yeah, you know, we don't have lots of a cappella festival, for example. We have a Vocalmento Festival in Fossano and we have Sole Voce Festival and we have one in the Northwest Viva Voce Festival, but only three, four, a few festivals and most of them were closed. And, you know, Vocalmento is always in, in the summer and, but they have to to cancel it for, for this year because, you know, many international groups can't, can come here. So, and I don't know now what, what will be the future because we live, uh, with no certain things at all. And uh, it's, it's terrible because you don't know what to, to prepare, what to, uh, to organize, what, what to think because you don't know how, how much money you will have or, where you can 
schedule a, a concert, organize something. And we live in, in this roller coaster, maybe, sort of. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. The question of all your question is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's very fair, although it makes for a much shorter radio program. Yeah. So I appreciate you saying yeah, more than that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Peter, how about in Singapore? Yeah. I mean, places where my capella has performed in the past, are they hanging on? Are the venues staying around? The bigger venues seem to be doing okay. There's some governmental support in terms of, um, for example, they have this thing called job support scheme where depending on your industry, they will help to pay, say, a quarter or up to three quarters of your staff salary. Uh, and there, there was government support to help relieve rent for four months. Uh, and that has helped a lot of people stay afloat. The smaller places, like the bars and pubs, which was the thing that helped us stay alive for two months, a lot of those have died. Um, I would say one in one in ten or one in nine has has already shut down for good. There are some places that have gone from being full size restaurants to just becoming a stall in a hawker center. So that's been one of the places. And when you become a stall, then you can't, you can't, you don't have a space to hire a musician anymore. And some people are like, I have a musician friend of mine who had the bad luck of opening a brand new restaurant a month before <laughs> lockdown. We're like, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, happy new year. In Chinese, and then, and that is reflected in the number of people who are doing live streams and the traffic numbers. There, there's a lot more streaming going on, obviously, but the, the streaming numbers are still pretty good, even though lockdown's over. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we have the same thing in Italy also, you know, with a country with our our history, with our arts, with our uh, governments, we, we are something like luxury uh, stuff. We, we are not so considered by by the government that's not uh, right every 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 aspect of the art music or uh, paintings or everything everything maybe there there are uh, more more important categories i don't know but we work as everyone yeah tell that to the teachers uh, so, John, what about the in the UK? What's the sort of broader community environment like in terms of where you can can be and go to perform? Sure. Well, first, I just have to say I'm sad with that Lorenzo mentioned Falcomente because the Swingles were supposed to sing there this summer. So, and that, a soft spot in my heart for Falcomente. Um, but yeah, in the UK, there are some uh, shows on the West End that have been permanently taken off from COVID. They've just decided it's not worth trying to bring them back, which is definitely sad to see. In terms of the larger community, there's um, been a few other virtual performances. I know they did um, some proms at the Royal Albert Hall. So there were orchestras and, and choirs that were quite distant. So, I mean, big venues like that, you, you know, you can, you can definitely be distant. Uh, we've also, uh, there's some session singing that's coming back. So uh, some of us uh, are individually employed to to sing on movie soundtracks or game soundtracks. Um, so a, a few of those have come back, but it's in much smaller numbers and you have to wear a mask when you're not singing and um, uh, all, of, all of that stuff. Um, but it is encouraging to see that work slowly come back because... To be honest, when you're when you're not on tour, that's the sort of thing that that keeps you ticking over. 
Um, so it's it's good to see some of that stuff coming back for sure. Are you seeing the some of the things that Peter was talking about around sort of the death of the smaller venues, uh, the community venues, the bars and pubs, the places that might have employed musicians in the past? To be honest, I, I don't think I would know, mostly because as popular as the Swingles are elsewhere, <laughs> we're, we're not a, a huge name in the UK. We, we do some gigs in the UK, but uh, a lot of our gigs are, are actually elsewhere. I definitely saw it with, um, there were smaller pubs and small sort of theatery bars um, that when the government allowed bars and pubs to open up on the 4th of July, a lot of, a lot of them didn't um, because they couldn't make it worth it because they, they couldn't, you know, with a smaller capacity, uh, it wasn't worth it. So I haven't seen anything shut down to my knowledge, but I think the biggest thing has been seeing West End shows some of some of them have been on for years and years and years. Um, and seeing those uh, shut down for good is, is tough to see. Yeah. How has it affected what you and the Swingles sort of choose to spend time on together? I mean, because it seems like, as you pointed out, prepping for the next tour may be a bit of a fool's errand for a while. So, uh, you know, what are you, what are you choosing to spend time on as a group right now? I mean, at the moment, we're trying to put out as much video content as we can. We, you know, we started with the beloved box video, which to be honest, I never thought I'd see the day that the Swingles would do that. Um, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. It just never uh, sort of appealed to us. Um, but when we were sort of forced to do it, we then, we, we loved it. And we realized that there's, there's a great art behind it and how you position certain things. Um, you could sort of see the progression of, how they got better <laughs> over over lockdown, which uh, you know I love seeing that. Um, it's very it's very human. But yeah, at the moment we're focusing a lot on um, video content, some new recording projects. We're looking forward to we're starting to talk about Christmas um, and see what what that might have in store for us. But we we have actually talked about you know possibly designing a, a whole new show while we have. <laughs> all of this extra time you know it might be a fool's errand for the next couple of months but you know in a few months time when when gigs start going again it, you know it might have been a good way to to spend our time so i think nothing is off the the table at the moment everyone is in really good spirits about trying to keep the group going and and moving forward as as much as possible not all of us are even in london at the moment so that's another obstacle to to get over but yeah i think it matters who you work with and and this particular group of people have have made lockdown a lot easier than it could have been and right now i think nothing's off the table we're sort of just looking towards the future and trying to do as much as possible basically sort of a happy side effect of good recruitment for the group it seems like definitely and and actually you know it it really matters a lot i know that groups probably say this all the time but um you know, as much as, as you have to be, you know, have all of these different singing abilities and whatever, really nothing replaces loving the people that you work with. And I know it sounds so mushy, but I wouldn't actually say it if it wasn't true because I'm from New York and I just tell it like it is. But yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm very happy that that we have this group of people during this hard time. Yeah. Peter, how about for my capella? What are you guys yeah. spending time on right now, given the, the challenges that you're working under? We are in the midst of negotiating a new distribution deal so there is a possibility of pushing stuff out digitally overseas 
to Chinese-speaking regions that have done better. As you guys probably know, there's never been a lockdown in Taiwan. Hong Kong, is, Taiwan recently held its first 10,000-person concert with just masks and no social distancing. Yeah, yeah. So that's Taiwan for you. Nobody goes in or out, but within Taiwan, it's pretty much life is normal with masks. Uh, Hong Kong is doing all right. Mainland China, for the most part, life has resumed back to normal. So it's a good place for us to try and push our, our product there because we speak and write the language. So right now, what the plan is, and this is actually just in the past week or two, we are going to commit to doing more originals because there's no such thing as compulsory license in, in China and Taiwan. Uh, you have to write your own stuff. So we're going to come up with no, maybe 7 to 10 originals a year for the next couple of years. And that's the main focus. So a lot of writing, arranging, thinking about what the album concept's going to be, finding the funding for it. So this is very new news. So this past two weeks. So we just ordered a bunch of like recording shields for everybody in the van. So it's something to do. But of course, the main thing for us is we want to get back to touring. And the, the, the big hope right now is that the governments of China, Singapore, Taiwan, Hong Kong can get the whole reciprocal green lane going. So it's like a social bubble, but between countries. Because our numbers, our case numbers are okay now. And as soon as the Chinese and the Taiwanese trust us, we hope to get business going on a narrower basis. Was the sort of renegotiation of business arrangements on the roadmap for Mike Capella before all of this hit? Or did you sort of take advantage of the extra time and opportunity to do that now? I think it was a little bit of both. We, we felt a little bit stagnant with our previous deal, which was finishing anyways. I think it's finishing in February. And of course, in the past six to eight months, there's been nothing. So the deal basically didn't happen, even though it's been technically running. And we were like, okay, we, we got to figure out another way to do, to do this because talking to a Singaporean label is not going to work, you know, or a Southeast Asian based label is not going to work. So we decided to speak with, with labels based in China, which we always wanted to go, to go hit as a gigantic hinterland for the Chinese language pop scene that we're in. And by a stroke of good luck or whatever you want to call it, uh, a, a deal came along and, and they sought us out. So it was good timing. And the, the whole digital media thing in, in China is a completely different beast. Like they don't have Facebook, they don't have Google, they don't have everything that we know they don't have, but they have their own equivalents. So we, now now is a huge process of learning what is WeChat and what is Billy Billy. And like you've never heard of these, right? So yeah, it's things like that. So it's it's a fun learning curve, but we, we, we don't fully understand it yet, to be honest. But at least you have a bit more time to focus on it. Oh, well... I have a new son. I have son. a new son. Oh, so, so. <laughs> well, so maybe you don't have a lot of new time, but, but, but everybody else in the band. Are, oh, this is uh, by by the way, his his name is an acapella joke. Uh, his name is is a pun. So his his English name is Jacob. That's normal. His Chinese name is Zke, which is. That is awesome. That is awesome. He'll be doing thank VP God, in God. about another year and a half. I mean, he's he's already he, halfway he, there. He better not be tone deaf or something. I hope he. Please. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Please, God. So, Lorenzo, how about for you with Rebel Bit? I mean, you talked about that one of the things that you're spending time on is adjusting your production and figuring out how to yeah. do what you're doing outdoors. Are there other things that you're able to use this extra time on? Yeah. We were thinking of doing original songs, all the original songs, because, you know, this is the future. We are not, we are not BTX. And so we can do it. Yeah. And yeah, but we we were thinking about um, working for, for radio, for Italian radios. That could be interesting in, in this time. And we, I think we don't have the power to do great videos 
but we maybe we can do something something a little bit different but we we you know we rebel beat is not our primary job we we all work as a music, musicians and i i compose other groups is doing vocalists in many 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 different kind of groups like party bands or you know productions and different kind of productions and or or teaching for us teaching in private schools is so important principally to have money to live yeah and in this period what was was particularly those those aspect too because you know with with the line lessons was a new a completely a new word but it, it was fun and now i think we we are we are focusing on what to to develop our our concerts of course our not our show but our concert maybe this could be the future for us i think in this particular situation because you know in italy you can do concerts indoor but in the biggest theater you know in la scala in milan or this this kind of uh, very big theater you can have only 200s person not you you could think what what small theaters can do maybe 20 people and they can't even cover the price of the work. hall for that yeah 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 this this couldn't work maybe from january um i don't know things will be better yeah we hope yeah yeah even if our future is uncertain we know for certain we will be back with another segment after a break uh, and when we are back we'll be talking about you know sort of what might happen if this ends sooner than we expect or goes on longer than we expect we're also going to be talking about when our performers will be feel comfortable getting back to to actually performing live and to traveling and where they might feel comfortable doing so. So stick with us. We'll be back on the other side with Peter Huang from My Capella, John Smith from The Singles, and Renzo Suvrizzi from Rebel Bit. Have you heard about Acapella Masterclass? It's your chance to take classes from the biggest names in acapella. Deke Sharon on arranging, Bob Stoloff on scat singing, Drew Wheaton on barbershop, and so many more. Each course includes several video lessons, exercises, and chances to improve your skills. And unlike an in-person masterclass, you can go at your own pace and review lessons as many times as you want. Acapella Masterclass is the only way to get this much expertise right in your living room or classroom. Check it out at acapellamasterclass.com. And we're back for our last bit of polyphony. We are speaking with Peter Huang from My Capella, John Smith from The Swingles, and Lorenzo Subrizzi from Rebel Bit. And here again is Aaron. Thanks, Rachel. Peter, what do you feel like will be the impacts on the industry sort of overall in your region if this continues for another year or more? I mean, let's sort of paint the, let's start at the pessimistic side first. I mean, are there going to be some big structural changes, do you think? How is it going to affect things? Actually, some of the structural changes are already beginning to be seen. There are some people who are doing very innovative digital solutions. So they'll do a full production of a show, or, or it could be a, a smaller show, or it could be a full, full-size concert. There's a group in Taiwan called Mayday. Before they resumed the full-size concerts, what they did was they rented out a baseball stadium, and they did a full concert there, because they were scheduled to do a full concert anyway. So they went ahead with the full concert, and they streamed the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then they got sponsors to be featured, you know, like you know, like billboards, blah blah blah, banners, and that's how the money comes in from the corporate side. And people tuned in because they're the kind of band that can go to any Chinese-speaking city and sell out sixty-five thousand seats. So that's on on the extreme top end of scale. But on when that happened, people started doing the same thing. Sam Hui in, in Hong Kong, his Canto Pop legend, he did one person one guitar show, one just one person one one guitar, open air balcony because I think that was part of the rules. If you're singing, you have to be open air, and he had like. 
20 something million people tuning in, which is la- larger than the population of Hong Kong. But that's also because people in China were tuning in, people in Taiwan were tuning in. Nobody else was really doing streaming concerts. Then the idea really took off. So now smaller groups are doing streaming shows, but you have to pay ahead of time with a digital ticket that gives you a link that allows you to watch the stream. So it's the exact same thing that you need to go to watch a concert, except you're sitting at home watching on headphones and your laptop. That's about it. I think that might be the way to go if the pandemic goes on much longer. But in all honesty, I don't think it will last that much longer, to to be honest. I have confidence that the researchers will find a solution at some point. I, I sure hope you're right. Absolutely. Lorenzo, how about in Italy? Is there going to be the sort of same robust community of groups if this continues? Or do you feel like there's going to be some shakeout? Is it going to change? I hope it will change. Yeah, but my father is a doctor uh, specializes in infective diseases. So he was one of the doctors on the front line here in Italy. So I always talk with him to ask, well, now what's the next step? But yeah, but he, he don't know. He, he doesn't know, sorry. And But I think that for, for the future, I I'm agree with Peter. I'm optimistic. We, the, the research, we will find something. I know maybe in Russia, or I, I hear something. I mean, Russia. Some, yeah, yeah, don't say to Americans, but yeah. <laughs> you mean... know, I'm joking. I'm Italian. I have to joke. No, but yeah. But maybe I think the next year, we have just to, in Italy, we say we have to take the measures to, on this. I would like to say that, yeah, I think that many groups will will have uh, concerts from next year's again. And in 2021, I know that many, many theaters are rescheduling tours and, and concerts, not only mainstream pop artists, but many, many little groups. And I know that this could be possible from, from January. Maybe if autumn we will go better, maybe you know, like like John told before, it will be an hard fight. I think in in autumn, maybe not in Italy at all, but in USA, I think it will be it will be more difficult. Yeah, John, in the UK, what are you seeing? I mean, one of the the things on on our side of the pond that seems to be starting to happen is that there's a path forward for the group sort of at the top, and then the group sort of at the bottom are figuring out some things, but it's the groups in the middle that are getting squeezed. Is there? Do you feel like there's going to be some structural changes around the community if this goes on? Sure. Well, I want to preface this with saying that I think we're in the same places, all of the groups in the middle and, and on the bottom as well. All of our shows have been pushed back, thankfully not thankfully not canceled, but you know, we even have stuff that's between January and March of twenty twenty one that's already been moved back to twenty twenty two. So yeah, I mean it's it's in America, so I think we're less less hopeful about it getting better by that time, just because of the way the, the sort of virus moved and progressed. But yeah, I think the, the most positive thing is the amount of groups I've seen form through COVID. Lots of virtual groups have sort of come together for, for people who didn't have as much time on their hands. You know, a lot of people are working from home and finding that, oh my gosh, you know, you take over two hours of commute out of my day and suddenly I have time for the thing I love. And I think that's the thing we need to really hold on to moving forward. Sorry to be the optimistic American, but really realizing that 
you know, we, we really need music and it's really optimistic. It's really great to see to see groups forming through this. I think structurally, you're going to see all of the groups suffer no matter if they're top, middle or bottom, if it continues to go the way they are. And that's being fully candid with, you know, our situation in, in the Swingles. You know, we we live off of touring and if if we can't tour, you know, especially for the Swingles, this is, you know, this is our full-time job or at least our our full-time commitment. So, you know, we hope that, you know, things can continue soon and maybe it's a case of, you know, there are local festivals in the UK that other groups from other countries were supposed to play and actually now they can't come, so now they need UK-based artists and hopefully that's a, a positive thing to to come out of that. As you can see, I'm trying to remain positive. But at the same time, yeah, you do have to be realistic if it if it does continue a good bit of the way into 2021, I think it's going to be hard on any touring artist. So hopefully we find ways around that. And yeah, continuing with virtual shows. You know, when we had this virtual show about a week and a half ago, or actually, I don't know what time is, but whenever it was, you know, the thing I was saying to my friends is, you know, you're you're allowed to have a certain number of, of people at your house socially distanced, or you're allowed to have another family over socially distanced. And the thing I told my friends was like, I, I get that it's, it's virtual, and it's not the same, but, you know, make a night out of it. You know, it is what you make of it. So, you know, if you get some Prosecco, and you sort of dress up as if if you were going out to a concert and you rearrange your room, your living room in a different sort of thing, and you have snacks and everything put out, then it's a whole different experience. And it's a unique experience. And I think that's what people really need to embrace. And I think that's what artists need to be actually advertising is that, you know, it's definitely a different experience, but it doesn't mean it has to be lesser. You know, you can make it a, a fun thing. We, we have a alumna who Joe Forbes Lestrange, I saw her and her family every weekend. They got dressed up in sort of a different sort of outfit and they watched some sort of either pre-recorded uh, theater thing or a concert thing. And it, you know, it just proves... Obviously, you know, mental health is a, is a totally valid thing and people are going to get tired of it. But, you know, if you are in the right capacity, it just is what you make it. So try to have fun with it while we can. You guys are dealing with lockdown in a very different way. We just order a lot of food. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think we're doing we, we that do, here, too. We do that, too. But we just, you know, get dressed up as well. Right. At the same time. Food is definitely my go-to strategy as well, Peter. I'm with you. John, do you... I mean, let's just, let's be optimistic and say that some countries start coming back sooner than others. And, you know, Swingles gigs start getting booked places. When do you... The other part of that is when do you feel comfortable getting on a plane? I mean, when do you feel comfortable making that trip and doing that part of it? What are the criteria for you to feel like you're ready to start touring again? Sure. It's an interesting question. Uh, probably one that I've not even thought about. Well, first, I'd want to make sure that, you know, most of the group had the antibodies. We definitely do have one confirmed case of someone in the group that had it. And like one or two other, like, I'm pretty sure I had it, but not confirmed sort of things. So I think that's that relays a lot of fears if you if you know you've already had it. But yeah, I think we've been through this long enough. There's been enough travel going on. There's been enough. We sort of know the drill, right? We all understand what 
the, the precautions we need to take. So I think as long as those precautions are being taken and being taken quite seriously, I'm ready to <laughs> to get back on the road for sure. But also, I think to me, it, it's to consider everyone else's level of comfortability. I'm one of eight, our sound engineer included. And if even one person doesn't feel comfortable, then for me, it's, it's really not worth it because we've all experienced anxiety, I'm sure, around this around this virus. And you don't want anyone to, to feel like they're risking their lives for, for their job um, and ending up sort of resenting it. So as long as everyone else is on board and all the precautions are being taken, I, I'm uh, pretty raring to go. Peter, how about for you? Let's say, again, let's go down the optimistic yeah. path and, and say the green zone or whatever the sort of version is of the China, Taiwan, Singapore area comes together. Would you hop on a plane and start doing a Chinese tour? I mean, what's what are sort oh, of yeah. your considerations? I just want to make sure that we comply with all the rules of the different countries that are involved. And so long as the the governments of the respective places feel safe to let us out of the country and into the country, I'm good to go. Touring is a big part of what Micropella does as well. I mean, very different scale compared to the singles, but it's part of the main reason why we created the band. And to have that completely cut out of our ecosystem is not really an option unless we don't have a choice, which is right now. Also, we don't even have the choice of touring locally either because we're only like 27 kilometers north to south and 42 east to west. So there's no such thing as a tour. Not like the government allows it now anyway. So everything is 100% digital. And if we can, I'm just, I'm dying to get out there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Peter brings up a really good point. The fact that there are going to be different government guidelines for everywhere you go. So as much as we can say we're ready to do it, that I think is going to be the biggest obstacle is when things start opening up, actually how are our governments going to communicate and how do we actually let this start? You know, because it's not entirely up to us and it's not up to the venues. It's actually up to the guidelines and, and how all of that works. Lorenzo, how about for you? When would you be comfortable doing an indoor show again with people? When it's possible. I think with indoor concerts, you have to wear masks. So I think it will be safe in, in any case. And we will be very happy to come back in a theater because outdoor concerts are beautiful, but the empathy that you can create in an indoor place is completely different. It's completely different and we love it. And we need it for our show, of course. But yeah, for us is maybe to travel is easier because in Italy, we always move by car. And so for our tours and it's easier, it's easier. And maybe we have to to move in two different cars because you can't stay in the same car if you are not in, in, the, same, in the same family. But we can do it. We were in the center of Italy. We live in the northwest of Italy and we were in, in the center in, in August for a concert and it was like come back to life. Yeah, again. And we, we are ready. We are ready. We know that what we can do in our country. I don't know abroad. I don't know. But I, I know, for example, the Zwingle Wheel, I hope that they can come here at Vocamento Festival in July when it's rescheduled. But I think that it could be possible. Yeah. Possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think July is, well, yeah. obviously we don't know, but we can Maybe hope. Maybe the summer, can... yeah, the summer is, is better yeah. as period. 
to to travel. I think if everyone listening gives just the good vibes of this actually happening, then we can just will it into happening. Well, we're going to take that good juju and broadcast it out to everyone we know. And whenever you're ready, whether by plane, train or automobile, we will do our best to be there to support what you guys are doing. Thank you so much to Peter Huang, the founder, vocal percussionist and arranger for My Capella, John Smith, tenor for the five-time Grammy Award-winning vocal ensemble, The Swingles, and Lorenzo Subrizzi, arranger and bass with the Italian group Rebel Bit. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your words of encouragement with us. And for those of you tuning in, next week we have our high school acapella during the pandemic episode. We'll be speaking with the likes of Dennis Gephardt and Lisa Marion, so please tune in again next week. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's Polyphony.